Hello and welcome to Six Figure Souls, Doing Good and Making Money, the weekly podcast where we highlight entrepreneurs that have crushed that six-figure ceiling while staying fully aligned with who they are and their soul's purpose. I am your host, Camille Miller, founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership and pioneer for the soul professional movement. Today, we have Laura DeFranco here, who is the owner-publisher for Brave Healer Productions. Hello, Laura. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. I am so excited. Laura is actually the publisher of the book that we have coming out, The Ultimate Guide to Creating Your Soul-Aligned Business. Um, I met Laura through another friend with no intentions of actually writing a book. But after less than an hour in a conversation, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> and not to say that I didn't falter along the way with, I don't think I can do it. Make should I do it? I don't know if I should do it. <laughs> but, but lo and behold, we are coming out with a book this summer. Um, so stay tuned. If you love this interview, listen to season five, which we interview all 25 authors, actually 24 plus me from the, um, the book. So this will be a little podcast into that, but I, Wanted to talk a little bit about Laura's story because like all the entrepreneurs that we interviewed, they didn't always start at the top. It wasn't always a success. So Laura, can you tell us a little bit about what you did before you became a publisher? I know you came out with your own book and that kind of brought you into that, but before you were... Yeah. I mean, it's a funny double story, actually. I mean, I've been a holistic physical therapist for 30 years. Hmm. And I was running a private practice um, here in Maryland up until COVID, but I was actually running two businesses because Brave Healer Productions mm, is about seven, seven plus years old. So there was this place where I had both and I had made like this transition to business number two out of this passion and wanting to help other healers write their books and share their messages and do stuff like that. And um, you know, people are going to have their COVID stories, right? So yeah. COVID shut my physical therapy practice down my first six figure business. And I was like, what? That's my bread and butter, like wait, you know, but I also kind of chuckled that day because it was like the universe saying to me, Laura, you've thought about making this transition for way too long. Like I'm going to shove you off the cliff and you're just going to grow your wings. And I kind of did. So um, publishing started a while back with my own books, but I wasn't publishing other people's books until this big ass transition I made right. to, you know, making the decision. All right, I, I got nothing to lose. I'm just going to go for it. And so you went from physical therapy. So you already had this on, on the, as like what we call side business, right? Yes. And exactly. then you just took the leap. I did. I was serving healers in the capacity of helping them to write blogs and talking to them about how you might, you know, write your book. I wasn't doing any publishing except for doing my own self-publishing my own books and um, had a book deal with a couple of hybrid publishers. I was with Balboa for a year. I had an agent for a year. I learned a lot of things about books, right? Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I woke up on March 20th of 2020 and that was when about a week after my practice was shut down and I woke up dreaming the dream. This, I literally was dreaming about the collaboration that I would do with my fellow healers. And I said, um, I heard 
um, you know, go invite them to be in this. So I walked to my computer that morning in my pajamas <laughs> and I wrote the note in the Facebook group. And I said, listen, the world needs to understand how to heal at home right now. Like who wants to write a chapter? You all are amazing. You offer amazing self-healing tools, you know, and 48 hours after I had 24 people say yes. And five weeks wow. later, we published that book on Amazon to a number one bestseller, by the way. Oh my gosh. Um, so that was like the big deal thing for me. And I didn't even think that the business was the business. Like I just thought this was a one-off awesome thing that happened to right. me until a friend emailed about a week after that. And she said, oh, Lilia, I love you for emailing me. She said, when are you doing the next one? <laughs> and I'm like, well, today, I guess. And now we are 30 bestsellers in. Wow. That's an yeah. incredible story. So I, I knew that you had started off with your own books and I've probably heard pieces of this story, but it's so interesting. So at what point did you just decide, okay, now it's no longer your own book because now you're publishing mine. You've, I know you've published a lot of other people's collaborative books and, and you also do single books now. I, I think it was in collaborating with so many other amazing people and teaching what I knew about that book journey that only, you know, that I had done my solo book. Right. So I knew a lot. I learned a lot. I had great coaching. You, you don't know what you don't know when you do it the first time. And then I learned a lot of stuff and I was able to kind of prevent mistakes along the way. And I realized, well, I have a lot to offer and teach. I made so many mistakes and I feel bad for me back then, you know, that nobody was around to say, Hey, no, you need to do it yeah. this way so that you can have the best success that you can. So when that first collaboration published to a bestseller and we had great success with it, I thought, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay forward everything I've learned. And not only that, um, Camille, but, you know, you said who have crushed that six figure threshold the mm -hmm. you know and stayed aligned i crushed it because i was aligned because not yes it was the alignment was the catalyst and mine was just like and i'm not even you know sharing the backstory today but it was a promise to myself that i'd follow the joy so that came first before any of these other crazy stories of the miracles, the miracle book publishing stuff came because I was working on that first. Yeah. So, so this is why I love this topic, right? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think what you're saying is so important because I mean, that's, that's what the soul professional movement is all about is being so aligned that your heart sings that you know that every single day you're walking in your, what I call your lane of joy, like just staying in your joy and knowing that this feels good and, and checking in with yourself. Is this really what I want to do? Is it not what I want to do? Talking it out, talking it through. So I always say your business is aligned with your lifestyle too, right? So you're, you're waking up and doing what you want every day, every morning. And when you're aligned, it also doesn't feel like work because you, are in your passion and your zone of genius all the time. I exactly. I think that's a really important thing for people to remember. It doesn't feel like work. In yeah. fact, I'm so 
served by the energy I'm in every day. I get to serve other people from an overflow every day. I mean, that's a badass amount of energy to have all the time, you know? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. yeah. And I feel, you know, I think about the days before in jobs or, you know, before I was my own boss. And then even when I was my own boss doing something that wasn't completely aligned, I can, I know that energy. We all know what that feels like too, but sometimes we don't know what this other awesome thing feels like. We don't even know what's possible in terms of the feeling. And so once I started to feel that, I thought, oh, here we go. And that's manifesting energy right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. So as you um, started helping others collaborate, putting the books together, you're a one woman show. When did you start hirings? I know that you have a lot of people now. And as Gro, we've also talked on this show, I've talked about my own little setbacks of hirings hard, especially I think when you're so aligned that you're trying to find someone else who is so aligned with you. And that can mirror who you are, which I have difficulty. I've talked to a lot of people, but I, I have difficulty, but it's great when you do. But who was your first hire? And then how did you move on from there? This is such a great, great question. And I am deep, knee deep, maybe waist deep in the middle of this right now. And I was from the beginning of that um, business really catapulting. It was like, whoa, like you, you realize very quickly, if you're going to keep growing, it won't be just you yeah. and you have to figure out who the first hire is. So, I mean, oh, it feels so easy for me to say it to you now. It was a virtual assistant, but at the time it was like torture trying to figure out like who to hire, what price point to hire them. Could I afford it? I tell this story all the time. My poor Tara, I love you. Thank you for hanging in there with me. But I fired her like three times and she's, she's an independent contractor. Like she, she didn't really care. She knows the, the show with us entrepreneurs, I think, but cause I was like, Oh, can I afford it? And then I would hire her to do things. And then I would see the bill come in and I was like, crap, I'm firing you for now. <laughs> but like, okay. And she, you know, no sweat. And then yep. I'd come back like a week later and say, Tara, I never mind. I need you. I need you, you know. And that went on like back and forth like three times, you know. Bless her for hanging in there with me. <laughs> but now it's it's more than that. It's it's, you know, do you need a social media manager? Do you need another VA? Do you need an email person, a copyright? Oh my gosh, it goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And Someone just said to me that they don't think it's about finding someone else that is as aligned as you. They don't know that that's completely 100% possible. And I kind of had to pause when they said that because I think that's what I've been looking for too is like this perfect match person who could be that, you know, one that knows all the moving parts also someone else in the world who knows everything in case something were to happen to me, you know, I could rely on this person, but I don't know. I don't, I'm in the middle of actually answering that question for myself and my business. And I'm, I don't know that I have the answer like today. What do yeah. you think? <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting because I'm kind of in that space and I've hired and I've hired a lot. Um, and in the very beginning I made some big errors of hiring like, like executive level people talk about going broke fast. 
because I thought maybe I didn't know. And if I hired someone that knew better, um, but that did not work out at all. And I've done it two or three times and made big mistakes. And I talked to some other CEOs because I belong to another mastermind and they're like, start with the VA and just get all of that little stuff off, like a little by little by little. And honestly, um, in my corporate background, the best staff I ever had in my life was a staff of 15 people and only one was full-time. All the rest were part-time and I got it. So they all stayed in their joy. And I would sit with them every three months and say, is there something you want to get rid of? And um, I just did that to an admin that I have right now. I just said, okay, I'm going to hire for the next slot of stuff we don't want to do. So tell me what you don't want to do. And we're going to pass that down. Right. So, yeah. And we started passing it down and I almost, almost went for a full-time hire again. And I caught myself. I went, don't do it. Because if you just do a lot of part-time hires, they can grow. But I think there's, there's more like agility in the different roles too, if everyone just kind of stays in the space that they love, right? Because I, I love this yeah. advice so yeah. much. So yes. I have a lot of part-timers, right? Right now I have between five and seven that do little pieces. And I just hired someone yesterday. I literally don't even know what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> I like have all of these ideas. <laughs> um. And I found that that's what has really worked for me. And I learn all the jobs and then I hand them off. So I know how they all work. And I cross train everyone so everyone can have time off. No one can get burnt out. If something happens, they can all replace each other fairly easily. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But I I, I, spent a lot of money with bad hires. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear that today. You know, um, SOP has been the magic world word of my year um, or words. And that was a game changer for growing my business is just having things documented in a way that we could have a library of instructions. If somebody needed to get in there and do something for me, they could rather than me, you know, having to be there. But you know how this goes, like you you don't know what you don't know till you hit that next upper limit as a business owner. And you're sitting there in the middle of the room going, Oh my gosh, I've never been in this place before. What the heck do I do? And you already said that, you know, your coaches, your masterminds, I mean, it is imperative that we all have a circle of people supporting us who have, who are a step above where we are. So they can say, listen, I've been there, you know, this is what worked for me. This is what you might think about. And that's been really, really good for me too. Yeah. You have to surround yourself with people that have better answers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Better than yours, at least. Yeah. Yeah, Or at least you can say, I really don't know what to do here. And what's really been helping me actually in these past, literally this past week, I have had two people that I look up to that run multi-million dollar companies just say, Hey, I love you. What you're doing, you you got to fix this piece. Like it doesn't look good. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. They're like, let me sit down with you and brainstorm. Let me help you out there. Like that is so. Yep. You just tell me what I should be doing because it doesn't feel good. And I did make yeah. a big mistake also of not thinking I was good enough that I had to hire. And I think that's why I made bad hires too, thinking that someone was going to save me. 
and having mm. that knight in shining armor idea, it it's it that doesn't work. And and to do the inner work, like you said, of saying I have all the resources I need. I created this. I know where I need it to go, and I have the resources. So that's like putting myself first instead of thinking I don't have the resources. That's so important. I, I've been through all of those levels and stages of mindset problem. Um, <laughs> and I mean, the truth is you always have everything you need. And, and if you don't have the answer or whatever it is, then you just go find it. You make it happen. That's like, you know, a, a collaborative book turning into 30 and like, you know, you learn fast and you either keep up or you don't, you just either do it or you don't. And I, I mean, I know you are too, but I'm like a get shit done person. Like I just get it done and I take a lot of action. And that has been one of the foundations of my success. I think is I, I take action, even if I'm afraid Yeah. and I'll just make Absolutely. the thing happen um, rather than just being paralyzed by that. Oh, not good enough. This, that uh, mindset is something I love to talk about. I could talk about that all day long because that is really important. So what you just said is part of that mindset. Absolutely. You have to remember. Yeah. yeah. And you're constantly to everyone, constantly doing work. I, I've constantly catch myself like, oh, I thought I worked on that here. It's showing itself again. <laughs> because I think every time you grow, they say like new level, new devil. Something yes. else shows itself that you have to work on or you thought you got through it at a lower level. But here it's showing its face again. So like, okay, let's let's work through this. It's showing itself up again. And I think it's hard at every single level I, I come up against stuff. And um, I love what you just said about fear. And I think we talk about that a lot on this podcast is you just have to keep momentum. Does It could be small momentum. Just keep walking towards your vision. Just take small little steps the whole way. Keep going in that direction. And eventually you'll start doing everything. And, and correct, like I'm a big one where I started, I'm, I, I'm making a big correction in my business now that I, I launched something six months ago and it doesn't feel so good right now. And I'm like, it was a mistake. I'm going to pull it all back. We'll start over, we'll rename things and we'll go back because it just didn't feel good. And being able to do that, I think is a big deal. So um, even though you're fearful, you, you just do it anyway. Yeah, you don't keep doing something that doesn't feel good just because you have the courage to actually paw, hit the pause button yep. and go a step back. And that, I mean, that takes a warrior sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think. <laughs> So can you share a moment when maybe you felt like you didn't have it all together or a setback? I think well, when you brought up the hiring subject, I really chuckled inside even more than out, outer because I thought, oh, wow, she knows. <laughs> like, because it's been so hard. And I feel, I was just telling a mentor of mine this morning, I said, I feel like I failed. Like I like should have known better, first of all, and, or should have researched better or should have something better, right? I was just second, second guessing my ability to make a good decision about a hire that would really help everything move along. And sometimes you have to get on the other side of it and look back and go, yep. oh, 
okay, but I have learned to give myself some slack too. So a couple of hires, it was like, there was excitement and there was passion and there was something that was a red flag in the conversation that I just skimmed over a little because of the passion and the excitement. And Mm -hmm. I know better. Like I'm guilty of that. I I know. I fall right into their personality and whatever you're telling me, why would you lie? (laughs) Yes. I'm a sucker for that. And, and maybe you too, but I move quickly on things. I make quick decisions. I, and I think that's actually a success strategy to be honest, but sometimes we have to pause when our own intuition is red flagging it, no matter how quickly we want to work on something or hire somebody or get something in place or whatever. So I feel like I failed a little bit, but this is just a live and learn. It's like, to me, failure is the way you learn. So it's a stepping stone. Mistakes and failures are stepping stones. And I, I mean, I wrote a whole book on how to have fun with your fear in terms of making mistakes and failures. So I got to pause myself inside of this, oh, you're a failure and go, oh, look at all the things you learned this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at what you're going to be able to do next because you figured that out and look how fast you figured it out, Laura, you're so smart, you know, like I have to turn it around because we all get so down on ourselves sometimes. Absolutely. I, I just, I call it failing forward. Yeah. As long as you've learned something, then it's really not a failure. You failed forward. Maybe you failed at whatever task it was in that moment, but you've learned from it. So you're not going to keep doing it. Right. So it's failing. Oh yeah. It'll only take once depending on the size of the mistake. (laughs) (laughs) You're only going to do that one time. And, you know, hopefully if you are paying attention, but this is also an awareness process for me. You know, I, um, my career was as a healer and really practicing the awareness, both mind and body to pay attention to where I am in the moment and what that next best decision is. I mean, the alignment really comes from that. And you then can move toward joy and and the desires and the good feelings that you want. But you have to be centered in that awareness practice first to do anything good, even to say the things we just said about failure. Yeah. You know, that takes some awareness to understand that, what we were taught about that is not the way we have to live with it. So that's been the kind of my whole life, really my whole life practicing that. Yeah. You said that you were a healer as in past tense. (laughs) And I think you still are a healer because you're allowing people to tell their stories in a different way, which is also healing them. You're facilitating healing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. Yeah, thanks for stopping me on that. I definitely hold a healing space for everybody in my circle. Absolutely. And because I do the projects with that kind of awareness, there's a healing energy in the projects, right? And the, oh my gosh, the books are so much more than a book. The Agreed. authors who are stepping in, they're being brave about sharing words sometimes for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And you have to have first of all, a guide who understands the process and the freak out moments that can happen, you know, (laughs) when they realize they're, it's about to be published, right. And the story is about to be out there. Um, so thank you. Yes. I, I do consider myself still a healer. 
What is your favorite part about your work? Um, I love this question and I've tried to answer this a bunch of times for myself. I, when I work with someone who is doing that work with their clients, the healing work, so holistic health and wellness professionals, coaches, that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And they basically signed up for this journey. Those kinds of people, like they chose this path, they chose to be a healer, a world changer. And that fires me up to work with people who made that decision to go for that kind of thing, to really walk their walk so they could guide other people. For me, it's that ripple, like that really fires me up. If I get to help somebody who's helping people. Right. That's right. I totally <laughs> get that. The domino thing, the ripple thing is just, it's fantastic. So I love that piece of things. So every time I work with someone and like the little light bulb goes off or we write the story in a particular way and they look up at me and are crying and say something like, that this is me, like we got it. Like, you know, you helped me get to that place where I, I expressed it in the way that felt like me, right? Your why makes you cry. So I love the moments where I can get people to their why with the writing and they're sharing their stories and building their businesses and doing all the things that they're doing. Um, yeah, I love it. I love that. That's beautiful. What do you see for your future? Any plans coming up other than more books and more books and more books? <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of books and that will continue. And that is an amazing journey coming up with the, the launches that we have planned. But the big thing, one big thing, actually, we have like three big things. But one of the biggest things is um, Brave Healer Productions is going to put on its very first writer's retreat. Right. And it's going to be in Sedona next year in... Um, April of 23. And we're going to do a hybrid event for our healers with a menu of both writing badassery and healing experiences. So we've invited the, one of the world's um, best, uh, most amazing um, shamanic breathwork teachers. Mm -hmm. The one who teaches the teachers is going to be with us to give an experience. We invited one of the world's uh, most amazing sound healers in to do a session. So we're going to have powerful healing events. And then we're also going to have some of the best writers speak about writing in all different capacities. So I kind of blend, you know, this is kind of selfish, you realize, Camille, right? Because I love the healing. I love the writing. Like, I want to put it together. So yep. I'm going to invite everyone to, to that next year. That's a big deal for me. That's beautiful. That's big. I yeah. love that. You know, so, it's a little scary, right? When you put on your very first event and, like, you're not so sure. And then, yeah, so is it I'm going to do it. Is it big, like, hundreds of people? Or is it smaller, like, 20, 30? How are you? 100. 100 is your goal? Yeah, so that's a full house in the uh, the Mago Retreat sure. Center, which we're going to okay. be at, and um, beautiful property, amazing property. Yeah, so it's it's an ambitious goal, and I think the energy is there, you know, to fill this retreat. I I know I'm I'm 
you know, other business owners are probably listening, going, oh, I know it's so scary to do those for the first time. And like, you're not sure if you're going to sell the tickets, if you're going to sell it out, if you're going to do this or that. But I came to this moment the other day about this, where I thought, you know, you have the right energy, you have the right intention for this. You invite the people who share, you know, you talk about alignment, their alignment is in the same energy and intention. And they have a community of people who are in that too. That felt like a no brainer to me. So I started to be more excited than nervous about this. (laughs) I get it. I've done lots of events where I'm just like, oh no. (laughs) But sometimes I've learned from when the big ones, um, I did a business intensive, started big and got smaller and smaller and smaller. And a lot had to do with COVID. I did one this year and it was like really small. And what it became was I got to work one-on-one and the group itself became so close with each other that I went, this was a totally different experience than teaching to a room to, and I love that. And I was like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Like just have these VIP weekends of, you know, three to five people where we're intensely working in their business and they have that that relationship with each other. Yeah. So I was like, when it, it didn't really fail, it taught me a better way of something that I really love to do. I like going I 100% agree with you on that kind of event and the size and the impact. We did something for the first time this past year that was phenomenal in that same respect. We took a group for collaborative book, which was about 25, six people. And we invited them down to Mexico actually for a week retreat to kick off the group and the bonding and the writing and all the things, right? And I can't, I swear I came back from that experience thinking, how do I do this again? Because of what you said, because of the way that the authors came together to get to know each other, to go that next level deeper. And we had a healing retreat. So we were also taking part in these different kinds of healing experiences too. So it was profound work that we were sharing as the smaller group, you know? Um, Oh my gosh, that's happening two more times in 23 because we did that for the first time this year. So I got a lot going on, but that's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go back to Mexico with a a book and we'll also, um, we're working on, Ooh, I don't even know if I should say it out loud. We're working on Egypt um, for, for a book project in the fall of 23. Yeah. So these things are just amazing, crazy bucket list kinds of things, but the smaller group you're, you are very right. There's a different kind of thing that happens magical. Yeah. I like them both. Me too. But like, but if (laughs) I'm, yeah, if I'm speaking, I like, and it's just me, like, I like the smaller group. Everything I do is group. I just like group. I do some one-on-one, but I love the group and the intense and going deep, but, you know, but I also love um, the retreats that you're talking about that are bigger, right? We've, I've asked the authors from our book if they wanted to do something, because I don't know, see what happens. So what does Laura do for self-care? Oh, um, walks in the woods are regular for me. 
Um, music, well, so the, the nature connection for me is daily and it's a pure instant connection for channeling writing. So those kind of go together. Mm-hmm. So if I can get into a meditative space, but especially in nature, it's such a, um, you know, I'm like trying to make the posture of it. It's like amazing. Um, music, um, driving my convertible with loud music is definitely <laughs> self-care for me. Um, poetry in all forms, like both writing and speaking and attending open mic events near me. I love to just put everything else away and be in an audience where people are sharing their words and just being a part of that kind of community. Um, that seems like a little bit of outside of your normal self-care description, but for me, it's, it fills me up. Right. Yeah. You're Um, clearly an extrovert. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I have, I am a (laughs) lifelong introvert, but I have called myself an extroverted introvert before because my energy comes in alone time. And, um, so the hikes and the walks in the woods are not with anybody on purpose and the drives are not with anyone on purpose. And like, I need to have the time to quiet my mind without the, the talking and the extra, you know, stuff. Um, but I also love to be in those places where, you know, I'm feeling the energy from other people too. A little bit of both, I think, but yeah, self-care is, you know, it's necessary. And if you're an a six-figure business owner, six-plus, you better be a self-care master. Absolutely. I mean, that's all I want to tell people. You better get good at this because the rest of it can be such a buildup of stress and anxiety and mental challenge that if you're not decompressing on a regular basis, you know, that's not going to end well. Yep. So I love, I love self-care. Yep. I, I, I totally agree. That's part of, that's part of alignment, right? You don't have to work crazy hours. Sometimes we do because we enjoy it, but I also take a lot of time off and time away and take my walks like you do and bikes and sailing and a lot of other things that have nothing to do with work, but that's when all the good ideas come to me yes. when I'm not working, when my head is clear. That's what I think when you finally come to the um, understanding that when you can turn everything else off and open up the channel for that connection, and that's by not doing a whole lot, just, you know, be in a meditative space, be connecting to your body, to nature, to whatever the moment is that's there for you. But we get caught up in the to-do list of being, you know, what we're doing, building an empire has a long to-do list. Yeah. And I've I've had to force myself to remember that the quiet time is how I got to the empire. So, you know, you get so busy when all of that sort of explodes or goes crazy in a good way. And then if you're not careful, though, if you don't open up the time again, you'll get stagnant again there. It'll be too full. There won't be enough time for those beautiful, inspired ideas to come through the next best thing, the next best step. So I've just had to remind myself how I got to that place. And it was what you're saying, you know? Yeah. It's the quieter time for sure. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Laura, for being a part of our podcast. If someone wanted to learn more about your books, it wants to be a lead author. How would they find out more about you? What's the best way? 
come on over to bravehealer.com. You can contact me through my website and um, got a great free group on Facebook. If you want to do some networking with the healers, Mm -hmm. Brave Badass Healers is there. But yeah, I would love to chat with anybody who wants to learn more about your book and sharing your message and all that good stuff. And Camille, thank you so much for being in my world and for saying yes to your book. And, you know, maybe you didn't quite get understand what you're getting yourself into with that, but um, it's amazing. And you have a great heart centered, passionate community and these authors that stepped into the project, you know, they're amazing. So thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Thank you everyone for joining us today. For more information about the Soul Professional Movement, you go to soulprofessional.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Natural Life Business Partnership, a global professional organization and business incubator for those that live in a higher vibration, have an alternative approach to business and are here to repair the world. If that sounds like you, come Meet us at our next meet and greet. You can go to soulprofessional.com to learn more. Thanks for joining us today.